0: Andy Davidson, and welcome to a special episode of our Looking After Nature podcast. Hi, Carly, how are you doing? Hi, I'm okay. How are you doing during this lockdown period? I'm doing fine. I just had a nice walk out yesterday, actually. It was very, much, very good to get out in the in the fields and uh, through the lanes. Of course, I'm meeting virtually this time because uh, we are, in, as you say, in lockdown, but uh, hope you're doing well. Yeah, I've been getting out and about, visiting our beautiful countryside, and it certainly makes me feel much, much better at this time of year. And actually our special podcast is related to that directly, we've got talking to Rhea Loveridge. Hi Rhea, how are you doing?
1: Hi Andy, I'm good thanks, how are you?
0: I'm too, fine, yes. So can you tell people what you do and uh, how long have you been with the service?
1: Sure, so I'm a community engagement ranger for the South access team and my job is to engage local communities in helping us maintain and improve the rights of way network across Hampshire. I've been with the service about two and a half years.
0: So I think your podcast, you've uh, done a recording with Sandy's work on quite an interesting project, haven't you?
1: That's right, interviewing Dan Raven-Ellison, who is spearheading a project called Slow Ways. And his project is about connecting settlements in the most direct way possible and engaging volunteers to help do the mapping and the walking of these routes. It was great to meet him virtually via Zoom because obviously we were in lockdown when it happened, but yeah, it was a really interesting conversation.
0: So that sounds interesting, Ria. So how did we get involved in this project?
1: So one of our dedicated counsellors um, heard Dan speaking at a talk and um, eagerly contacted us about getting in contact with Dan. And uh, so we were, we were super excited to um, engage with him and hear about the project and also wonder how we could... Uh, engage our volunteers to contribute to the project because obviously it's really aligned with what the access teams are doing. Um, so that's kind of where this came from and how we how we contacted Dan. Um, and it's really about giving our volunteers an excellent volunteer journey and offering them as many possible kind of opportunities to get involved with walking um, as we can. And we saw this as a great way to do that.
0: So you mentioned volunteers, I mean, clearly the volunteers are, are very important in all our work. What do they get involved with with you?
1: So as part of the access teams across Hampshire, we run a, a scheme called the Path Wardens Programme, and that basically engages local people to be quite self-autonomous and to walk the rights-of-way and help us log in issues on the rights-of-way map, which you can find on our website, or um, con- contacting the Community Engagement Ranger to get involved with volunteering Uh, In group tasks and getting much larger things like bridges and boardwalks done. So, our volunteers are really the eyes and ears on the network for us, just really flagging up um, important issues that we need to sort out and helping us achieve that.
0: And clearly, the outdoor space is very important for people at this time, isn't it?
1: Definitely, yeah. We've seen such a massive increase in walkers on the Rights of Way network. And that is wonderful. But ov- obviously it does mean that we need to make sure that people can access those green spaces that are even maybe a bit more urban than maybe some of the sites, you know, the rights of way networks are amazing wildlife corridors and, and sometimes the easiest way for people to access nature. So yeah, it's a really important work, especially with lockdown for people to be able to get to those footpaths and do that walking or cycling.
0: Yes, yeah, so of course, it's not just the nature people are getting into. You can, you know, look at uh, heritage. And uh, just the other day I was out past some ancient little scrap of ancient woodland and more parts of some churches and whatever you're into, you can find something to look at, can't you, locally?
1: Definitely. And I think that's what's really interesting about Whites of Way is that they are not only uh, kind of our green spaces, but they're our cultural heritage. And it's important that we are able to kind of visit that and enjoy that.
0: Yeah, it sounds fantastic. Let's move on to the podcast, shall we?
1: Hi, my name's Rhea, and today I'm joined by Dan Raven-Ellison, who is spearheading a really great campaign called Slow Raise. Hi, Dan.
2: Hi, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
2: Yeah, very good.
1: It's been a busy time for you.
2: Yeah, it's been a really busy time. Um started this project off called Slow Ways back in February, um, which is essentially a project to create a network of walking routes that connect all of the UK's towns and cities and thousands of villages with footpaths, with routes, but the aims of these routes are to be as direct as possible, as safe as possible, as off-road as possible, so that people can quickly imagine how they can walk to a neighbouring settlement or combine multiple routes for long distance journeys.
1: It sounds really great and it's very in line with what the Access team's trying to, to, to do, um, letting people kind of use the rights of way network to not only just use as recreation, but also to use them functionally to get from place to place. And with the current global climate situation, I think this is more and more important. Is that something that like led you to this, the environmental aspect?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I think the starting point for me is I really love walking. Um, Right. And I've walked a lot around the UK. And when you walk a lot, you begin to realise that things that could be a bit better about what we have. And, you know, I think that there's something maybe a bit harder and a bit more sort of difficult about our footpaths than they need to be. So if you want to drive somewhere, you know, you can use your sat-nav and you can use road signs and you don't need to have like a GCSE in geography to get yourself from Petersfield to Glasgow, you know. But, But... walking from Petersfield over to Winchester, actually that might be quite threatening to some people because it's not necessarily as easy as it could be. And although we're very lucky to have thousands of kilometres of footpaths in the country, you know, I think they're just a bit of a mess in some ways. So the idea of slow ways is to just, just make it easier for people to imagine how they would complete those those journeys. So that's, that's the insight. But the thing is that by, you know, as you're touching on, by walking more, it can improve our health, it can Um, save money in our pockets, it can reduce our carbon emissions, it can help reduce our impact on um, nature, it can improve our connection to others at a time when we can't connect with people indoors so much. So across these multiple interwoven crises that we face at the moment in this country around the world, walking is one of these things that gives us pleasure and at the same time can, on a personal and societal level, help with those challenges.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, So the point that you've got to at the moment is you've done the mapping. Can you tell us a bit about how you went about mapping out the whole of the UK?
2: Yeah, so as I said, we started off back in February on this project, and the plan was to travel around the country working with um, workshops to ask people in different areas to help design these routes. But then COVID came along and was a problem for lots of us, including the project. But because of COVID, Suddenly we had lots of people who love maps, who love walking, who were stuck inside and couldn't go out as far as they'd like to. And so actually, weirdly, COVID helped us to catalyze the project because suddenly we had thousands of people who wanted to play with maps and fantasize about journeys who were stuck indoors. Um, And so uh, we put a call out on Twitter and Facebook and social media and 700 people came forward who we trained. And then over the next month, these 700 people volunteered a year's worth of time in a single month, Um, 100,000 kilometres of routes, which is the equivalent of two and a half laps of the equator. So where we are now is we've drafted all these routes on OS maps, and the challenge now is to... Um, go out and test all the routes and make sure they actually work on the ground. Because, you know, we all know that sometimes you see a right way on a map, but that doesn't mean that it's a desirable route or even a possible route sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's true. And that's also something that I guess um, recruiting local people is going to really help inform uh, the map that you've created. Um, how can people get involved with the project?
2: Well, so at the moment, we're asking individuals and groups to sign up uh, to, to sort of register their interest at slowways.uk. And then as soon as our website's ready, we're sort of working on it at the moment, we'll let everybody know. And then the call will go out saying pick a route um, and go and check it out and feedback and let us know um, what it's like by sort of filling in a review form. And, you know, the sort of routes that people might make uh, might be from walking from Petersfield to Midhurst. Or from um, 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 you know um, Midhurst up to and um, these, these kinds of sort of d- distances. But if people wanted to, they could walk literally right across um, um, Hampshire, right across the South Downs, picking up routes and combining them together.
1: That's great. Um, and so they can go to your website to find out more and get involved. Um, but you've talked about how there'll be an online map for people to to sort of use when the project's launched. How do you see that working? Um, so people load their walks uh, and then review them. Is that
2: so? We've already got um, all the routes in the system. Think of it more like um, if you were plotting a route on Google Maps and you said you were in Winchester and you wanted to get to Huddersfield then you'd put those two things in and then it would tell you the segments of routes that you need on different roads to get you from one place to another. So the Slowways website will eventually do exactly the same thing, which would give you the, the recommended trusted routes that other people have said are trusted to take you on that particular journey, giving you different route options for making that journey as well. Um, but before we can provide people with like that 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 way to get from one place to another in a trusted way. We need to check all these routes. So people would literally browse the website, find a segment that needs checking, so from, say, Winchester to King Somborn or somewhere, and then they'd review that route, and then other people would review the route too until it becomes trusted. So that's essentially how it works. So people, Some people will use the website by um, picking routes and reviewing them and letting other people know how, know how good they are. Other people might suggest alternative routes. But I would have thought that in the future, the majority of people will just want to know, how do I get between these two places? Yeah,
1: that's great. And using that local knowledge too is going to be um, really valuable, isn't it?
2: absolutely you you know we've used os maps the Ordnance surveys online mapping platform to plot these routes but all of us know that there are ways to get through the countryside that where you're welcome to move through the countryside that aren't on os maps so we've used os maps because we know that the routes we've created will be guaranteed routes that people should be able to make but there'll be many other permissive footpaths that aren't on os maps yet that local people will know about or know better ways to go but the methodology behind slowways is not to take people on beautiful tours to show people a really great pond or an incredible tree or a great church, um, which are all about people's cultural preferences really. It's more about getting people effectively directly off road between two neighbouring places. That's, that's the aim. Yeah. And
1: there is a set of criteria that you use to pick a slow way, isn't there? What's that criteria?
2: Yeah, so we had a set of criteria that we asked volunteers to um, use when they were designing um, the routes. Um, and essentially there's sort of nine sort of key things that I could sort of uh, go through very quickly. So the first thing was to make sure that each route started and finished at a good central point. So ideally like a train station or a bus station or a town square, which we direct off road as safe and accessible as possible. I mean, this is relative to the environment. So uh, in Scotland, you know if you're going up through the and Gorms through a mountain pass then you know safe and accessible is slightly different than you know walking from Alton to um, Peterfield or somewhere that ideally there should be resting places every five to ten kilometers so that's there's a, a pub or a hotel or a corner shop um, and there's parts of the landscape where that's just not possible but it's surprising how packed England is and how actually every ten kilometers or so you normally can find somewhere to sleep or get something to eat or drink to pass through train and bus stations where possible, and then finally, um, to, yes, it'd be great if they're enjoyable and beautiful, and use established routes like, say, the Pilgrim Way or something like that. But for this project, that's not the priority. You know, we've got um, routes coming out by ears that are beautiful circular walks that you can go on. You know, that's not what this is about. This is about a functional network, which is slower than driving or teleporting or getting a plane, um, but is about getting people from one place to another. That doesn't mean they won't be beautiful, though. I mean, if you're going to walk um, from anywhere on the south coast um, up to London, for example, or to the north of England through Hampshire, then 95% of your walk is going to be through glorious countryside. But, the, but what we want to do is connect populated places where people are and where people want to go, um, and that's a priority. So if you're in Basingstoke, you want to save some money, you want to have some fun, you want to walk to Alton, then that's a journey you can take. You wouldn't necessarily think about doing it but you can get the bus back again or you can save yourself some money by you know, not making that journey another way.
1: Yeah. And I, what I really love about it is it's not just the rural communities that you're getting involved in this because you're doing it, as you say, from settlements. There's actually an urban population that maybe don't think to uh, go on a big walk or don't naturally think that that's a sort of recreational activity for them. But this is really going to engage those people too, isn't it? And they're all welcome to get involved. And, you know, actually the urban stuff is something that you're quite interested in.
2: 100%, I mean, personally, I think that cities and urban areas are awesome to explore. I mean, not only is it where we live and where most of us live and where most of us want to go and see people and things, but they are often culturally, architecturally, ecologically, you know, very rich and diverse. But you know, during lockdown and throughout the last few months, you know many of us have rediscovered or discovered our local communities more and started walking more in our local neighbourhoods. I guess the invitation with this project is to, in part, if you've started that process, push yourself even further. And if you've walked three or four kilometres, then well, what if you tried to double that and walk ten kilometres and then get a bus or a train home from wherever you might be? Um, yeah. I think it's a, a great challenge
1: yeah definitely well thank you so much for chatting to us today and sharing that and i really um i I really hope that you um get all of the volunteers that you wish you hope to get um which i'm sure you will because after your first you know the mapping section that was so successful um it's it's looking good isn't it (laughs) for the future it's
2: looking really good and i think you know anyone who's been interested to listen to this podcast hopefully will be interested to get involved and this is about a project which is not just enjoyable to be part of talk about becoming good ancestors you know and thinking about not just what we're picking up from previous generations who have left us public rights of way and footpaths and you know incredible um, parks and national parks and these kinds of things i think it was a question about what we can leave to others as well and actually creating a culture and a set of routes that make it easier for people to move around the country in more enjoyable, healthier, greener, cleaner ways is, you know, a great thing to do together. Yeah, I completely
1: agree. Thank you so much. And um, I look forward to following the progress of the project. And what I'll do is link below from um, this podcast all of the links to your website and how people can sign up and get involved. Right. So thank you so much.
2: Great. Thank you very much, Priya. Really appreciate you it.
1: Too. Cool. Great. Good yeah. luck. Bye. Thank
0: you very much. Bye. that was a great conversation wasn't it Carly? It was and now if you want to volunteer with this you just need to follow the links below and you can find out all about the project and how you can get involved. For now thanks again for listening I'm Andy Davidson and I'm Carly Harrod. We'll see you next time.